0: Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one minute segments and then examine it in obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm
1: Rob Cabasco. And Kyle. Yes, sir. We've been uh, going on some real literary deep dives here on the Marvel Movie Minute. (laughs) It's not not just happens, right?
0: This is I say we, we talked a lot about guns, so it's good to sort of swing all the way to the other side and talk about literature.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Here's someone to uh, to think about today is uh, James Joyce. He was born in 1882. He was an Irish novelist, short story writer, poet, teacher and literary critic regarded as one of the most influential writers of the 20th century. He passed on in 1941 at the age of 58. He is best known for his work, published in 1922, Ulysses. Uh, It's considered one of the most important works of modernist literature. It chronicles the adventures of one Leopold Bloom. And it is, I would call it, a day in the life of a Dubliner because it takes place in Dublin, Ireland, on a particular day. That day is June 16th, 1904. Uh, Ulysses is the Latinized name of Odysseus, the hero of Homer's poem, The Odyssey. And there are great many parallels between um, Ulysses and the Odyssey so a lot of people kind of see that uh, there's some controversies about it it was part of an obscenity trial in the United States in 1931 there are some things that some of the characters do that made people uncomfortable uh, they probably still make them uncomfortable today <laughs> yeah uh and I didn't know this Joyce fans worldwide celebrate June 16th as Bloom's day hmm. from the character Leopold Bloom now you would think A literary giant such as this would only use the finest materials, the finest papers, elegant, durable pens and leather bound keepsakes for all his pristine works. Not exactly. (laughs) So Joyce would use crayons throughout his revision process using different colors for each time he went through a notebook. And as he got older, he would use crayons more vividly because He struggled with eye problems for much of his life and near the end of his life was nearly blind. Why do we talk about that? Because there's a there's a comment made in this Mm -hmm. minute.
0: That we are going to have to discuss. Yeah. (laughs) This <laughs> when someone is uh, trying to sound super smart but end up sounding oh. really ridiculous at the time. And I, like I have it. fallen into that trap. <laughs> oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, you try and drop a name and you mispronounce <laughs> the name and you're like, uh, oh, right. I can tell you one person who is a huge fan of James Joyce and that is Mr. Mel Brooks because he named Leo Bloom uh, from the producers after Leopold Bloom. Uh, yes. So that went on to live in infamy. And here we are, speaking of infamous, minute 73. Of Iron Man Two from 2010, director of John Favreau, uh, we're going to get into the literature and arts and sculpture and painting. But first, we need to talk about explosives uh, because we're they're talking about uh, this new device that uh, Hammer is showing for the very first time to them. Uh, he is uh, he described it in. in, in- Cigar terms before, which uh, I'm sure Freudians out there are like. <laughs> oh, of course you did. Um, yeah. But we're going to get into sort of what exactly it is as he's doing this grand unveiling of this thing. Because the first minute was just like gun, 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 and now it's like now I'm going to take a whole minute just to talk about this one thing. Uh, so we're going to take an episode to talk about him talking about this one thing. So we're going to pick up where we left off which is in the middle of the sentence. He said, this is a kinetic kill sidewinder vehicle with a secondary. And they lost a very long chemical term, which I couldn't get through the first time. I'm not going to try it again. But as we pick up here in 73, he finished that sentence, RDX burst. Ah, good. I can say RDX. Uh, <laughs> so RDX, uh, is also known less commonly as cyclonite. It is, or hexogen particularly in Russian, French, and German-influenced languages, also known as T-4. Uh, In the 1930s, the Royal Arsenal started investigating cyclonite to use against German U-boats because their hulls were being made thicker and the explosives weren't working. So the goal was to develop an explosive more energetic than TNT. And for security reasons, Britain termed cyclonite Research Department Explosives, or RDX. Oh. And so that is what he has laced inside of this thing. So it's a real thing that they actually put in. So it's not just uh, um, uh, unobtainium, <laughs> <laughs> just, to, just to pick a word out of the air that has no context or meaning sure. uh, beyond that. Uh, <laughs> you know, they wouldn't come up with some ridiculous sounding word like that in a movie that's the highest grossing film of all time for a very long time. Um so he continues on and says, "It's capable of busting the bunker under the bunker you just busted." So <laughs> I do like that. This is, I know, but this is particularly relevant because I obviously the time. Uh, You know the operations in Afghanistan were still going on and very much in people's minds. Uh, So bunker busters were a very common thing that people were uh, thinking about and talking about too, because you know the enemy uh, was hiding in bunkers and so they wanted to find ways to get in there. And so this is where the mother of all bombs comes from and and those kind of things. So this like this language is very specifically chosen. Uh, And and so he says, if it were any smarter, it would write a book, a book that would make Ulysses look like it was written in crayon. (laughs) <laughs> so no, that's look. where we get to the top where you like, but wasn't
1: a lot of Ulysses Wait. written in crayon? <laughs> now, look, admittedly, and listen, I, I will just speak for me because, Kyle, I know you're very intelligent. I know a lot of things, but a lot of the things that we I talk about on the opens of the show, I have researched just for this show. I did not know them.
0: No, (laughs) no. I say like I have I have a a couple of nerd dumbs I can really go deep on, and literature is not one of them. No, I haven't read. I have not read
1: Ulysses. Right? Like I mean, I I know enough. I know that it's important. That's what I know, right? And that's what they're showing here is that he knows it's important, and then he's saying, "Oh, it's like written in crayon," and it's one of those things where. Whenever we try to be snarky and I think this is a rule for life when you try to be snarky about information that you don't fully grasp don't
0: yeah <laughs> because yeah it doesn't I not say I'm not disparaging anyone who has written this or who has no, taken time to no, study it no of course it, not because no. like I I you know i probably have have spent uh, way more time discussing the Power Rangers and so I'm right. not I have nothing to be proud of <laughs> right. Well, I'm. Mean, I you know, I'm not. Gonna, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm, proud I'm not, of you. <laughs> I'm, well, thank you. I say, but I'm not judging anyone for. I'm not judging for their fandoms. If your fandom happens to be James Joyce, oh, God bless you. Absolutely, may the road rise up to meet you. that's yeah. what I say. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> to my friends oh. in the Emerald Isle, I apologize for this accent, but I don't I, get oh. to break it out very often. And I lift a glass to James Joyce.
1: Do you want to sing Danny Boy? We can. <laughs> oh
0: no, I don't. No, no. We don't. <laughs> oh, I'm going to spare you from that. Uh, so yeah, so this is this is the, the beginning of a of a list of things. So he starts out with Ulysses, and then he continues on to say like the crowning achievement of his life in comparing it to Ulysses, and also he says um, would write in crayon uh, and it would read it to you. He says, this <laughs> is my Eiffel Tower. I'm, you all know what the Eiffel Tower. We're not going to deep dive on that one. Well, this there was is, no, but wait, there, uh, oh, there's no
1: reference here, though. There's nothing about the Eiffel Tower. I was trying to think about this. There no. was controversy when the Eiffel Tower was built. Oh, you actually mentioned
0: some of the Eiffel Tower. Okay. Well,
1: they're, they're a little bit. I mean, because obviously people were not excited. It was built. what? Uh, okay, I'm just pulling this out of my head. 1899, I think, World's Fair. Sounds about I think right. it was the entrance. Yeah. And there was controversy about the style and what it was. The guy who was one of the main designers was comparing it to the pyramids and everybody was like, dude, okay." (laughs) so, you know, I I don't know if there was anything connection there, but it's interesting that they chose the Eiffel Tower when they could have chose other things. But anyway,
0: I mean, I don't know, uh, The Eiffel Tower inspiring uh, not only that, but also Men in Black International. I mean, yeah, I mean, think of the great works that have come out just because of the Eiffel Tower. (laughs) True. (laughs) <laughs> that's True. all we need to say about Men in Black International uh, Okay, so he sa- then he says This is my Rachmaninoff's third So this I had to do a little more digging on Because I wasn't exactly sure what he was talking about So it turns out like, like, Google recommended this And then I deep dive in and went Oh yeah, this is what they're talking about This is Sergei Rachmaninoff's Piano Concerto Number no. 3 in D minor uh, It was composed in the summer of 1909 It was premiered on November 28th in New York City Uh, with the composer as a soloist, so Rachmaninoff himself was, like, you know, flexing those fingers and showing it off. The second performance of the concerto took place on January 16, 1910, and features Gustav Mahler. Whoa, there's another name drop. Uh, The work has the reputation of being one of the most technically challenging piano concertos in the standard classical piano repertoire. And how challenging? So much so that they made a movie about how a guy went insane after playing it. Uh, If you remember the movie Shine, uh, that one... Jeffrey Rush and Oscar. Uh, this was all about how he was a brilliant, brilliant man who could do this concerto, but also he had all these other problems that went along with it as well and, and had a, a fracturing of his mind. Onto it. I don't know if that movie holds up, but I remember at the time it was uh, very much lauded and, uh, and exalted, and I remember seeing it. And I've been a Jeffrey Rush fan, although not so much lately. But let's move on. Uh, the next uh, thing he mentions is he says, This is my Pieta. Now, I think this is much more in your wheelhouse, Rob, but (laughs) okay,
1: (laughs) so, yeah, interesting reference. If you remember an episode, we did a deep dive on this in the season two of the Marvel movie minute. We talked about this during a scene during the Incredible Hulk Pieta. He's referencing here as Michelangelo's most likely, which this is the famous sculpture of Mary holding the body of, of Jesus after he's been crucified. Um, it is, I think, if I remember correctly, it came out of German art and, uh, yes, of course, obviously tied to Christianity in depicting this mother holding her son who has died. And Pietas have been used, the artists have adapted that to not just be Christian oriented, but like to, to depict a whole bunch of different characters. And we see Pietas in the MCU, which is funny. We saw one in The Incredible Hulk. We will see more of them again in the future of the MCU.
0: And, so. and we even saw one in Justice League. So they it around. Oh, yes. Uh, it's uh, it's a also comic book uh, what I found interesting about the when I was looking at the the Pieta for, by Michael it's the only work that Michelangelo ever signed. Oh, right. Yeah. So they're like, hugs and kisses, Mikey. It was weird. I don't know why he did it that way, but I, I don't
1: know. <laughs> <laughs> it's underneath uh, Jesus' foot. Right. It's right on his foot. (laughs) Oh, my God. Mike. Right. (laughs) Interesting side note about the Pieta. If you ever look at it, if you ever study the Michelangelo's work, the figure of Mary is like almost 150 percent larger than what a human would be in that piece. Oh, you don't actually Hmm. notice it, but she is like Matt. She's literally the Incredible Hulk. That's great reference. She's the she's the Hulk of that piece holding a much more smaller human.
0: I would say it's an important work because it balances the Renaissance ideals of classical beauty with naturalism. But that's just my unformed opinion. Wow. Okay, Justin, (laughs) way to go. So, and also, thank you, Wikipedia. Yeah, you're always there when I need you. Always. So, uh, so Justin continues on, and I I would like to remind everyone that what he's about to say, he's still talking about uh, a small rocket that's designed to kill people. Yes. Uh, He says it's completely elegant. It's bafflingly beautiful. It sounds like a like a a perfume ad. Well, okay. (laughs) And it's capable of reducing the population of any standing structure to zero. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. And again, it's How he's <laughs> lovingly cradling it and sniffing it. And <laughs> do you know what I love, though, about this is,
1: is that again, and I know I'm guilty of this myself, he's completely contradicted himself. Because what did he <laughs> say in the previous minute? Size matters. Yeah. And now he's selling. Like he brings out
0: the biggest gun you've ever seen. And now he, <laughs> now he brings out the tiny thing. little thing.
1: Like it's the greatest thing ever. And you're no. like, dude, you're just selling me a line of never ending BS. <laughs> what do <are> you doing? <laughs> anyway, uh, I love
0: it. Uh, and so he says, I call it the ex-wife. Oh, <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> wait. we've
1: talked about this. As so, he does this, clearly the cuts.
0: Justin has been divorced. Yeah. <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> probably, I would say for him, probably multiple times. Maybe multiple times, right? Okay. It cuts. He
1: says this. He he kind of does the whole like you know sniffs it like as the like a cigar. Okay. It cuts to Roddy, mm-hmm. and Roddy immediately goes to bring his hand up, kind of like to you know, kind of like, oh, I'm going to rest my
0: chin in it. Uh-huh. I think it's Don Cheadle hiding a laugh that is Absolutely. about to erupt. Absolutely, <laughs> as I watch the scene, it clearly Don Cheadle is trying to not break and ruin the scene, but he is like just enjoying Sam Rockwell's performance so much. He's like, I don't want to have to do this again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like because it's it's so unnatural the way he has his hands over his mouth like
1: i want to say this right now and because and because i can't say this because this is referencing something from uh, announcements made many months ago
0: yeah true yeah by the time you hear this this is old the, the, news to you new news it, to
1: us this scene makes me look so forward with hope to armor wars yes because i hope justin hammer comes uh, on no, that show please. for a cameo <laughs>
0: Even for one episode to consult oh. about some military technology or exactly. something. Exactly. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man. All right. If you don't know what we're talking about by now, you're, you'll yeah. you'll know about it. <laughs> yeah. You you live in a in a in a post WandaVision world, but uh, yes, and yes. you're probably enjoying Falcon and Winter Soldier Falcon right Winter now. Soldier. Where, where, <laughs> while we're still like eagerly watching trailers. So, hello, future people. I hope exactly. things are much calmer and healthier where you are oh yes please yeah. so uh, as he continues on he's basically like finished the presentation now he's trying to get something out of them. he says that's the best I got are we going to do this give me something here you're like a sphinx I can't read you And so like obviously the, the, the sphinx famous for a non-moving face and that was, yeah. like, goes all the way back to like the, the riddle of sphinx where it wouldn't move unless you answered the question um, so Rhodey then like takes a beat because Don cheadle has got good timing, uh, and sure. says, I think I'll take it. And Justin says, which one? Rody says, all of it. Basically just like, and then turns and exits. Like, that's a mic drop line. Like, all of Exactly. It. Boom. One thing I want to say about Rody, he's got great timing. Yeah. Like, all the way through, you know, from, for showing up, get out, all the way until when he uh, shows up with a helicarrier. I mean, you know. <laughs> and so Justin, like, Standing there by himself looking at himself going, all of it. He's like, crap. I got a lot of work to do. <laughs> but oh, at the same time, you... Justin just made his quarter. Uh, yeah! let, me, let me tell you something.
1: The <laughs> only way I would make this scene better yeah. is if they would have went to just a wider shot with now full length. You see them all standing together. You see him, right? And Major Allen walk off, mm-hmm. and you see, and you see Justin just go, Kaching. Yeah. And right? then, then
0: boom, cut. I was thinking too, because he at least going all of it like really, but at the same time I'm like, you know how much money you just made, man? Yeah. No, exactly. Like you can charge whatever you want, because he just gave you a blank check. Right. Oh. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, the hammer executives are getting a bonus this year. Definitely. Uh, so then uh the it the seems actually the, the mint does not end though. So it continues on and we cut to a box. Uh, yes, it's the box we've seen before. This is the property of Howard Stark box. And so uh, we see the, the box open up. We see Tony Stark sort of look into the box, and that's where the minute ends. So we're going to get into what's in the box. What's in the box? Oh, when we get no. to minute 74. But <laughs> that is where oh, the 73 comes to an end. I don't know if we've made... Have we made that reference before?
1: I don't yet? think I mean, we, we have. Oh, in a Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Yes. How can right? I- right <laughs> okay yeah we're gonna save all the contents for the box because it'll be all in the next minute yeah you gotta tune in now kyle not yes, all sir. of us can get a justin hammer that can come in and give us a selection of things that we would like to suit up with True. But if you were interested in maybe suiting up with some marvel movie minute paraphernalia oh where would you go for that
0: oh i, I would go to a place called the dot slash merch and oh. uh, you can see all the stuff we have there. And, you know, if you are, if you're really a fan of the show, if you're, if you love what we're doing, you would go add to cart, add to cart, add to cart. What do you want? All of it. All. <gasps> yes! yes. We
1: should have, we got to do that on the site. There all needs to be an, an all of it. All function. of it. Yeah. We have to do that. One of Here's the deal. Why do you want that stuff? Because yeah, we'd appreciate it. Like wear sure. a shirt or a mask yeah. or have something that you can talk about when you're doing stuff and you could right. people could say what is this what is this you have here marvel movement who are these guys you can tell them about all the wonderful things you've learned as you've listened to the minute by minute takedown of iron man 2 that's
0: right because listener i've been meaning to talk to you about this and, and i'm sorry it has to be here uh, with in front of rob but <laughs> oh, your no. fridge it looks terrible it's so boring like it's missing something it's missing a Marvel Movie Minute Season Three magnet. That's really what's gonna set it off, and your whole kitchen will just wa spring to life. <laughs> Thanks for letting la- me sh- thank you for letting me have this this small moment with you. And now back to the show. We should <laughs> Now if we were a
1: store, we would put the magnets in the back of the store. Those yeah. would be the five dollar Costco chickens. And then oh, you'd have to go through the store, and see, then you'd see the shirts and the pillows. I would say, as someone who's worked in retail, stuff.
0: I would think that would be an impulse item. And I would put it right next to the register. So while you were standing there, getting your stuff together, you'd look and go, oh, hey, you know, I'd, I'll take a magnet, too. Thank God I don't run a store. It would <laughs> fail. It would fail. <laughs> but it was in the back store. Magnets in the front. Different. The Marvel yeah, movie minute
1: store. <laughs> I, I don't know what I, I don't know what I'm doing. Anyway, please buy some merch. We'll yeah, buy some it. merch.
0: Uh, so we're cool. going to dig into Tony Stark's past and a in a literal box full of Easter eggs uh, in minute seventy four, and you do not want to miss it. Enough said. Bye.